Hey, good morning. This is Saturday morning with George and Phil. 22 minutes to help you become the best version of yourself. Whether you found yourself out of shape, struggling in a dead-end job, or simply in job transition, we're your hosts, George Murray and Lenny Newman, pinch hitting for Phil while he's away. We're going to help you move from where you are today to where you want to be tomorrow. We're glad you could spend a little time with us this Saturday morning. And oh, by the way, we do encourage questions in the chat and we'll try to answer them as quickly as we can and as time permits. George, nice to see you, buddy. Hey, good morning, sir. How are you doing today? Outstanding. Hey, so I want to be uh, cognizant of our uh, viewers. We're also streamlining uh, not only on LinkedIn Live, but Facebook Live and YouTube Live. So if you're actually watching this on YouTube or you're watching a pre-recorded, hit the subscribe button so that you can get notifications for our next upcoming shows. Outstanding. Well, George, this morning we're on the uh, fifth show of our 12-part series that aligns with your new book uh, due out this summer, Ignite engage and retain. Can we talk about that in a little bit, George? Sure. Um, first, want to uh, welcome our um, new sponsor. So it's actually my book, Hired. Um, so I wrote my book, Hired, back in September 2020, just before you know all this pre and post pandemic problems were going through. And I was struggling in career transition a couple of times. So one of the things including yourself, I met some great people um, and I was able to pull this all together. And I said, boy, if I knew all this, um, I'd probably be able to cut my time in half and prove that uh, a little later uh, in the year. So um, again, thanks uh, for Hired um, and the people that sponsor each and every time that they're buying a book and reaching out. Well, George, this morning's topic is, does your culture align with your priorities? Um, how does that engage, ignite, engage, and retain a workforce? Yeah, so, you know, one of the things that um, I find um, my passion about writing books is there's always a gap in something, right? And so the ignite, retain, and engage process is really we've been basically seeing a lot of these indicators for more than 10 years. We've talked about, well, employees, the lack of engagement. Well, I found that it's really kind of stemming from leaders not engaged, especially through pandemic, you know, sitting in offices, hybrid workforces, how do I engage, et cetera. So one of the things that um, we're looking at is how, if I'm in that particular situation and we're seeing turnover, what are some of the simple, but, you know, really empowered ways that I can get that back on track? So, so George, you know, what can a leader or a business owner do uh, you know, to gain this alignment. I'm kind of I'm kind of curious by that. Well, you know, they can turn around and make sure that their goals are set clear and they are communicated well. I can't tell you how many times talking with clients and leaders, um, and actually through the book, you know, I've actually interviewed more than 40 CFOs, CEOs, and CHROs across the globe. And this is not just a Minnesota challenge or opportunity, and it's not just the United States, it's, it's across the globe, right? And so I need to be able to find ways to make sure that my teams align, they have a clear message, they have an escalation path, and they make sure that when that escalation path happens, there's no retaliation. Hey, we want to hear those particular issues so that we can turn around and drive the results in the business and retain employees. But I also want to make sure that 
we don't turn around and go off and bring another subject matter expert to the show. Um, Eric Thurwanger, we want to welcome Eric to the show and welcome back, Eric. Eric is the founder of Think Great. He's the author more, more than many times than I have been an author, speaker, coach, and a loyal veteran. So welcome to the show, Eric. Hey, George. Hey, Lenny. Thanks for having me back. Absolutely. Eric, it's, a, it's great to see you this Saturday morning. I'm sure we're going to get into all sorts of details because I've enjoyed your uh, your talks and your uh, networking presentations over the past couple of years. But just out of curiosity, what causes companies uh, and teams to be misaligned on their priorities? And when they are misaligned, what are your thoughts on profit, sales, and engagement? So, you know, these are, we could do a show on almost everything you just mentioned, right? Maybe we could probably do a series on everything you mentioned, but let's just talk about priorities. Um, in, in my leadership book, The Leadership Connection, I have an entire section of the book um, dedicated to priorities. It's called Elevate Priorities. And there's three chapters in there that teach people how to do it. What I found in the workplace is that there's this mindset that everything's a priority. And when everything's a priority, nothing is. And I believe that there's really three types of actions that happen in a business. There's the outs, the ins, and the ons. And the outs are negative actions such as gossip or redundancy in workflow or attendance issues. These are things that need to go out, not the people, just the, the behaviors. So if we can get rid of our outs, that, that narrows it down to the ins and the ons. And the ins are important tasks. These are things that have to get done. But then there's this elusive section of actions called ons. And when we work on the business, these are the things that help us to elevate. And what I found in most businesses, they're not, they're not scheduling their priorities. And so they're dealing with the outs, they're working on the ins, and then the ons, the priority objectives tend to get put to the side. And um, I, you know, so for me, I always encourage business leaders to start scheduling time for their priorities, but they've got to define what's important and then what is more important or a priority. And so for, by, by the first step is really identifying those priority items and how to schedule them in. Hey, Eric, question, you know, um, when you go in and helping business leaders or and or businesses, how much of those challenges are centered around trust or the lack thereof? <clears throat> I, I think that trust has always been a factor. Um, you have to trust people as you're hiring them and they're joining your team during the onboarding program, you're, you're you're building levels of trust. I think pre-pandemic trust was important. I think post-pandemic trust is a priority. And I believe that we as leaders have to, what I call come across the doorway. We have to have the at the doorway mindset that when we come across that doorway and enter the workplace, whether it's in person or virtual, we have to be aware that we need to build levels of trust right now. For the past two years, people have experienced many things being said and many things not being followed through with, or here's a timeline, but we didn't hit it, or here's this and we'll pull it back from you. And so I feel that trust levels around the world are probably at an all-time low, which means for the right leader, there's a huge opportunity to become that leader that people trust. So I think that, you know, building trust, as you know, you can lose trust in an instant, but it takes time to build it up. And so I would I would recommend that maybe that is a priority for some leaders to build trust with their teams. So, Eric, you know, speaking of leaders and building trust, I mean, obviously you're interacting with all sorts of business owners all over the country. 
What are some of the ways that you've seen that you can share with our viewers that uh, leaders have, shall I say, gained trust back or solidified the trust that they already have? So I think that with the opportunity to build trust right now, there's a there's a couple things that you can look at. There's kind of those long term wins. And as George was talking about goals earlier in the show, um, those are great. But there's also the short term goals, which you can have some short term wins. And I think that that's what people need right now. You know, we had a two week pandemic, right? We had a two week flatten the curve that turned into two years. And so timeframes <laughs> were off right now. Leaders can actually take time frames, set some small goals and as they have those wins and those successes, they can start building trust with the team. So if, if Lenny sets a goal and in the next 90 days, we're going to accomplish this, we're going to get three new accounts. We're going to eliminate redundancies in workflow. We're going to enhance our culture. As he gets those small little wins, people start to trust again. Mm -hmm. I think in some companies, goals are set, goals are missed. And then when the next goal is set, it creates an environment or a culture where people go, here we go again. And, mm. and if you have the here we go again, you don't have the trust or at least the belief level in the leader. So I think looking for the small wins right now are, are huge. We need as many wins as we can get right now. So small, smaller, smaller goals, not as lofty goals, so we can build some confidence with wins. Yeah, and those smaller goals can actually tie into the bigger goals, right? Because if you have a three sure. or five-year goal, then it makes sense that everything you're doing in the next 90 days to one year aligns with that and that 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 they're actually in alignment with the goal that you set for the for the longer range uh, trajectory. Makes sense. Yeah. Hey, Eric, one of the challenges I'm sure that you hear, I hear a lot as well, is a lot of people are stretched thin through going through this great resignation. And mm -hmm. what was it like? Four point five million people just quit their job last month, as an example. One of the things I've heard is creating a culture of accountability. And this is not just on your top performance. Can you tell a little bit about how that creates um, alignment and making sure priorities are met? So, you know, when I talk about priorities, I talk about it in, in three chapters. And the first chapter is raise expectations. So we got to raise the bar. Uh, the next chapter is delegate with a purpose, because when you raise the bar, there's going to be more work to do. So you mm -hmm. delegate that out. And the way that you hold it all together is accountability. I think a lot of people have a misunderstanding of what accountability is, or at least they experience it different from another company. And so sometimes they come into your doorway with a little baggage from the last company. And accountability to me, if you look it up in the dictionary, the majority of the definitions have the word responsibility in there. And so when we're accountable, we're responsible. When we phrase it like that, people know, yeah, I should be more accountable. The biggest problem with accountability, and you're 100% right, uh, we should create cultures that are highly accountable to each other. But the biggest problem with accountability is when people are managed, they tend to feel micromanaged when it comes to accountability, um, that somebody's just checking up on me, somebody doesn't trust me, and so they want to know what I'm doing. What we've done and what we help our clients to do is redefine accountability as course correction or tracking. And when it's coming from a leader, it's different. So if we're tracking our way to the goal, mm -hmm. then we're going to course correct. Um, and, I, and I think that it builds up just higher levels of trust, belief level, support. When you have accountability done right, like if you and I are accountable to each other, George, that should be a partnership. It shouldn't feel like micromanagement. And, yeah. and so we define it with businesses as a partnership. So if they're not feeling a partnership, 
they're probably not doing accountability at, at its best, you know, possible execution. Hey, Eric, one of the things to kind of shift gears a little bit, as we come out of the pandemic, I'm talking with a lot of business owners who, quite frankly, they either haven't created a strategy or their strategy hasn't really been refreshed in a year or two sure. or longer. Uh, they've simply been successful with, uh, shall I say, uh, being tenacious, brute force, or willing it to occur. Um, you know, how would you suggest somebody uh, start to develop a strategy? So I think strategy, you know, again, we're going to look at timeframes, you know, are they looking at a strategy to finish up 2022? Um, or are they looking at a strategy for the next three to five years? Either way, they should align because you don't want to head in one direction for 2022, but the other direction was for 2025. And so I think that what I always ask businesses to do when we first sit down to do any form of strategic planning or thinking is I always ask a very simple question. Can your business be greater? And they always say yes. It'd be weird if they said, no, we're as good as we'll ever get. <laughs> so, <laughs> so then I have a follow-up question. So uh, here we'll role play. Lenny, can your business be greater? Oh, ab absolutely. Okay. So then that gives me permission to ask the next question. And usually I'll hand out a napkin, just a napkin. And I'll say, how? Just write on the napkin. How can your business be greater? And so what we want to do is have a strategy for greatness, not a, stat, a strategy for status quo, which you don't need a strategy for that, right? You're just already doing it. And so we've got to get them to ask those questions. And the napkin exercise is, is very powerful. And it starts the strategic planning side of things on a very simple tool called a napkin. And you can match it up with a pen and just jot some ideas down. So when they say our company can be greater, they're probably going to list things. We could be greater this year by doing this and the next two years by doing this three to five years. And then you start to build the goals around those levels of greatness. Mm -hmm. And I think people just overcomplicate strategic planning. They overcomplicate it and then they avoid it. And right now is the best time to set some new strategies with your team uh, because we have been on kind of this cruising mode through the pandemic, if you will. We've been operating in a fog. And, and some people in a holding tank, if you will. And so now is the time we're in this great new era. You know, we're in the third phase of chaos and people are expecting growth right now. So to your point, that strategy is very important right now, especially for team morale, for retention. People want to be a part of something and the strategies give them purpose every day. And it sounds like you're advocating simplicity. Don't overcomplicate it. Don't overthink it. Just that's right. make make it simple. And I love your nap, your napkin example. That's perfect. How simple is that? Grab a napkin, grab a pen and let's chat. And everybody should have access to napkins. And if they don't, there's your first strategy. Get that man a napkin. <laughs> <laughs> like, like we've identified an issue. Hey, we need napkins. We yeah. Need and napkins. we're missing pens. All right. <laughs> hey, so Eric, on the uh, kind of a same line, I know um, I actually had the opportunity to see you speak last month, over 250 people at that show. Um, and you're talking about Unleash the Business Warriors. And yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about that and how you're helping these business leaders yeah. overcome the challenges of this post-pandemic? Yeah, so, and thank you for being there, George. I appreciate it. And we got an awesome testimonial from you at the end. So thanks for being on video for us. Like I said earlier, you made the director's cut and you're in our sizzle reel. Um, you know, each there's three phases of chaos. The pandemic was one chaos. Chaos could be anything from combat. Chaos could be health issues. Chaos could be anything. 
And there's always three phases. There's the obstacle, the great obstacle, the great transition away from the obstacle, and then the great new era, which is where we are right now. It's been declared that the pandemic is over um, by Dr. Fauci. So that signaled we're in this new era. So here, here are the three phases, the obstacle, the transition, and the new era. The obstacle, we focus on unifying, and I had a presentation called uh, The Cure for Social Distancing. During a transition phase, which is often our toughest phase, there's a lot of variables, we focused on breakthroughs. So I had a, a presentation called Transition Breakthroughs. When the new era hit, we needed a new uh, focal point. So you've got unification, you've got um, breakthroughs, and the new focus in the new era is growth. And so in order to have growth, exponential growth, you have to unleash your business warrior. And so I created a presentation, which is becoming my, my eighth book. And I'm writing it now and I'm, I'm loving it like you, George. I, I love the writing process. But I started to realize that in the workplace, there are people that go all in and there are people that do not. There are people that go above and beyond. And then there's people that get right to the line of expectation or just below. What I started to realize in every business is that there's business workers. Those are people that show up to work and there's business warriors. And those are people that show up to win. And there's a smaller percentage, obviously, of business warriors. And what we need to do is help unleash them in our business. Uh, and then they impact everybody. And so, you know, we served in the military and it's a very small percentage of people in this country that serve. So not everybody has to become a business warrior in order to have great results. But business warriors have to be unleashed. Just because somebody is fired up and enthusiastic doesn't mean he or she is a business warrior yet. I, I had the heart of a warrior in me. I needed the Marine Corps to beat it out of me. I mean, excuse me, to unleash it. <laughs> um, I couldn't become a warrior without their system. And so what we're sharing with people is just because you have somebody that's fired up, they could still leave you. Just because you have somebody that's fired up, <clears throat> excited, motivated to be there, doesn't mean they're going to win. We have to create a system for that. So this whole process was, how are we doing it? And, and as you know, serving in the army, you experienced people that were showing up every day to win. And it wasn't about the money because we didn't make a lot. So whether it's a soldier, an airman, a sailor, whether it's a Marine, there's a part of their culture that attracts people who want to win. Now, in the business world, we tend to attract people who wanted to get paid. And we can attract people who want to fulfill a purpose. And that's the whole concept of Unleash Your Business Warrior. There are some things a business needs to provide to the warrior. And there are some things a warrior needs to provide to the business. And we are putting a system together to show exactly how to do that. And this is perfect timing because this is this new era. And it's the era of growth. And everybody's talking about it. we're excited to be out of the pandemic. We're excited to grow. We're excited to expand but we need to be set up for success. We can't just hope for it. So Eric, yeah. one final question for me yeah. in what you've just described with unleashing the warrior and the different people who are in the workforce, how do you gain alignment when you have all those different personalities and shall sure. I say passions and objectives? How did, what does that look like in a culture? So, you know, that's, that's the thing, right? I don't believe most businesses utilize culture like they should. They say they have a good culture, but when you assess it, it's a little lower of a score than they were expecting. Mm. And so we do a very simple assessment with businesses to gain how their people feel about culture. And culture is really the environment in which we work. It's how it right. feels there. It's not necessarily what we do. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's more of how it feels when we enter the workforce. 
in that workplace. So we can feel culture. Um, I feel that the military has done a great job of building culture, finding people to fill that culture, and that creates an alignment. But they know their mission. They know their vision. They know their core values. In the business sector, we're lucky to find business leaders who even know what their mission statement is, their vision statement is, or their core values. They may acknowledge they have them, but they can't tell you what they are. So we start to see gaps in culture stemming from their identity. You know, mm -hmm. when I was in the Marines, they had three core values, honor, courage, commitment. I got out of the Marines in 91. I still remember them because they talked about them all the time. We have three core values at, at Think Great, passion, integrity, and excellence. Pie, because I love pie. That's another, <laughs> that's another Who doesn't pie. love pie? I know, right? Don't but when I go into a business, napkins. <laughs> pie and I know, right? You can have a slice of pie and build strategy at the same time on that napkin. I mean, come on, don't let don't miss an opportunity. But but in most businesses, though, uh, Lenny, when I go in and I said, do you have a mission statement? Half of them say yes, but they can't tell you what it is. Well, and say, and you know, it's, it, it's 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 so spot on because one of the things that I'm firmly you know committed to, I want to hang with people who I know, like and trust. That's that's literally where mm -hmm. I want to be. And to me, that's that's just how I think of a, yeah. a good culture. No like and trust. I, I feel that your culture has to help you to support that mission, that that those priorities that you have. But if people don't know the mission statement, if they don't know the vision, where the company is going, if they don't know the core values, what's most important to them, you're going to lack that alignment. Agreed. You know? George, final thoughts, questions? No, I mean, like I said, we could talk about this with Eric for probably another hour and, and go down into the weeds, but we only have 22 minutes. But I do want to thank you again, Eric, for coming back on the show and talking about how your culture can align with your priorities. Yeah. Thank you, gentlemen. I appreciate it and uh, hope to see you both at my next event on June 23rd. We're doing the encore presentation of Unleash Your Business Warrior, and uh, we're expecting 300 people there this time. I'll, I'll be there this time. Awesome. You got a you got a special sponsor too, right? We have oh my gosh, we we're so blessed with our sponsors. But our newest one is eight three o WCCO, their uh, news talk show. So they are going to be there, and uh, Vanita Sakar is going to be emceeing our event. So she's their their morning show host, and we're awesome. very very excited about that. Yeah, so it just it's continuing to uh, expand, and we're unleashing more business warriors around the world. <laughs> Amen. Hey, hey thank you, gentlemen. You, Always Thank great to much. see you guys. Thank Likewise. you. <clears throat> wow. So uh, we first want to thank Eric. You know, um, if you are in the Minnesota area uh, in on June 23rd, reach out to Eric and try to get into this group. I actually said I said in on it last month. It was really empowering. Um, so we want to thank Eric uh, and all the folks at Think Great uh, for helping businesses and professionals. Think Great. So George, two weeks two weeks from today, our next show, May twenty first, uh, we'll be continuing along the track with your book, uh, six part of a twelve part series uh, yeah, based on your away. book. Uh, yeah, mark your calendar, May twenty first. Yeah, so we're fifty percent of the way uh, there through the chapters, and uh, the book's coming along. Uh, probably going to the final edit uh, this weekend. Hope. All T's crossed and hopefully get it out there by the end of June. 
slightly delayed, but uh, a lot of things going on. So mark your guys' calendar. Look forward to seeing you guys. So, George, here we are at the, at the end of another show. Uh, until next time, uh, have a great weekend, everybody. Uh, thanks so much for uh, sharing your morning today with uh, George and me. And remember to achieve forward and get better. <laughs>